y'all, it's, it's Christmas morning, and this doesn't happen very often where you have church on uh, Christmas morning. The 25th only falls on Sundays, I guess, once every, I guess, seven years. I don't know how that works out with leap year. And so, uh, but it is, it's a great, a great opportunity for us to come together on Christmas Day. Now, how many of y'all got up early this morning and you've already done your, like, your gift stuff? Did y'all, did a lot of y'all do that this morning? Okay, quite a few of y'all, of y'all did that. We did it last night, and uh, Emily had some stockings for us to open up this morning, so we did that. And so Christmas is fun. I, I know everybody always says, and Jesus said this, he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I totally agree with that, but it's a mighty close second is receiving, right? I mean, we enjoy that. We like getting stuff, and it's fun, and I'm sure there's some gifts that, that you were looking forward to getting, and you got those, and there are some of you today Probably in the next 30 minutes, I'm going to be able to look out and tell which ones of y'all are disappointed with Christmas. You didn't get what you wanted to get. But my encouragement for you today, as if, since we are you know, celebrating the birth of Christ and we are in church today, is for us to, to, to seek out the greatest gift of all, to seek out Jesus. And let me tell you something, if you seek out Jesus and you really try to find him and try to know him, let me give you a promise that comes with us searching for Jesus in the Bible. We're told in Jeremiah 29:13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. One of the neatest things to discover in Scripture is that if we make a concerted effort on our part to seek after God, to seek after Jesus, Jesus gives us a promise in Scripture. He says, if you seek me, he said, you will find me. And the greatest Christmas gift that that you can ever receive, of course, is Jesus. And the reason why is because all the gifts that that you receive and all the gifts that you give, those are, I mean, those are great things and they're fun for a little while. But my guess is that most of us, after this year, about 50% of the stuff that you actually get this year, you're probably not going to use it anymore. And maybe it's going to break. Maybe you're going to outgrow, you know, some of the clothes that you were giving because, you know, you're bulking up and you're getting stronger and things like that. But, But one of the good things, though, is with Jesus, that is a gift that, that never ceases to be useful. And so my encouragement for you is let's, let's start seeking after things, and this is for me too, to seek after things that have value beyond, beyond you know, this year. To seek after something that has value beyond even this life. And whenever we seek after Jesus, one thing that happens is change will come into our lives. And, you know, our perspective changes, our motivations become different, and it's really neat to see what happens when we find Jesus. Now, if you have your Bible, we're going to, of course, we're going to look at the Christmas story today, as if that's a shocker to you, but we're going to look in Luke chapter 2. And so if you have your Bible and you want to turn there, you can go to Luke chapter 2. Um, you can read the first couple of verses on your own, and, and beginning in verse number 8, and we're going to pick up in verse number 11, and just to... In just a few moments, but this section that we're focusing on today is the actual announcement of the birth of Jesus. And whenever Jesus was born, we are told that some shepherd or that some angels, an angel went and he began to speak to some shepherds that were out in a field tending their flock. Now y'all are familiar with this, right? And so they began to talk to the to the shepherds, telling them that Jesus had been born. Did y'all know that this is the first group of people who received the news of the birth of Jesus? 
Now, I'm sure that when the people who were living during this day found out about this, they had to be thinking, why would the shepherds be the first ones to find out about the birth of Jesus? Uh, that's a question that I have. From my perspective today, from our perspective today, we think it is really odd that the first people that God would want to know about the birth of his son was a group of guys. Now, guys, we are really good at certain bits of information, but it's really strange to think that God would want to tell guys about some detailed information about babies. Now, we're really good in general, guys are, we're really good in general with information like sports. Um, you, can, I, you can talk to me about some games that took place 20 years ago in football, and I can tell you, you know, how many yards the quarterback passed for, how many yards the running back rushed for, what the final score was. But then whenever you start talking to me about babies and about some of the statistics there, you know, how long the baby was and how much it weighed, and if it's a boy or girl, not so good at stuff like that. Uh, I remember whenever um, our son was born, and I told the church, I said that he weighed uh, 21 pounds and was 8 inches long. And so everyone was like, man, that's a, that's a fat baby. And, uh, but I got it backwards. So guys in general aren't good with that kind of information. But that is the first group of people to find out about the birth of Jesus. Shepherds. And it was actually strange that God would tell them this. For one, shepherds were seen as being unclean. Uh, they were unclean because they worked with animals. And for them to be ceremonial, ceremonially clean for worship, they had to go to the temple to be cleansed. But they were always a long ways from the temple because they were with their sheep. And so they were not the ideal people to tell about the birth of Jesus. But I believe there's a reason why God did this. And I believe the reason why God did this is because God wanted to convey the message that Jesus coming into this world was not just for a select group of people. God wanted people to know that the birth of Jesus was for everybody. Even for dirty, unclean shepherds. The birth of Jesus is for everybody. And because of that, it changed the lives of these shepherds. And their motivations became very different. And just very briefly today, I want to share with you that whenever you seek after Jesus, I want to share with you some ways that you change, how your motivations in life become different. And one of the things that happens when you seek after Jesus, one of the motivations that you will have in your life is you will have an urgency to see Jesus. And that's a part of it. When, whenever you seek after Jesus, you will have an urgency to actually find him. Now look with me in verse number 11 in chapter 2. It says, Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. At the time that this was, the story was uh, taking place, Israel was not an independent nation. They, were, they, were, they had an occupying government there. It was the, the Roman government. And the people could not stand the Romans. The Jewish people wanted them out. 
They wanted them to, to leave so they could be independent again. And because of this kind of situation, what was going on is the people of Israel, they were looking for a leader to show up to give them freedom. And they really were. They were looking for somebody who was going to come onto the scene that was going to lead them into freedom. And there was a strong belief that the guy who was going to do this was going to be the Messiah, who had been prophesied about in the Bible hundreds and hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. There was a, an expectation that out of Israel was going to come a Savior. Uh, the ancient Jewish historian Josephus wrote this. He was, a, he was really a, a contemporary of Jesus, lived a few years after him. But in his book, The Jewish Wars, he wrote, At the time of Christ's birth, the Jews believed that one from their country would soon become the ruler of the earth. Now that's from a Jewish guy. He said, well, maybe he, I could see him saying something like that because he's trying to build up, you know, build up another Jew. A Roman historian, before the birth of Jesus, his name was Suetonius, he had this to write in his book. He said, there spread all over the Orient, which was the Middle East, an old and established belief that it was fated at that time for men coming from Judea to rule the world. Now I tell you this to let you know, there was a worldwide expectation that there was going to be a savior, a world savior, a leader who would bring peace into this world. It wasn't just the Jews who were thinking this. I asked people from all over the world, they said, we think just, just something seems to point to the fact that there's going to be a great peacemaker and leader born. And so it's in this atmosphere that an angel shows up in a field outside the town of David, which is Bethlehem, and he begins to call out to the shepherds, and he begins to say, it's happened. He said, today a Savior has been born. Today a Redeemer has been born. Now, as you can imagine, that got the attention of the shepherds. When they heard this message, how did they respond? If you look back in verse number 15, the very first couple of words they say, let's go. They find out that a Savior's been born, and the shepherds get together, and they say, you know what, I know we're on duty here today, but let's go over there. We've got to see this. They were excited because they knew a big change was coming. They were excited because they had word from an angel that a Savior, a ruler, had come into their world. And they wanted to be there because they wanted to see history changed. They wanted to see the history in their own lives changed. Have you ever felt that way before about yourself? Would you like to see some of your history changed? Would you like to come into contact with somebody who can, who can transform your life, make things different in your life? Would you like to receive a new start in life? And I really believe a lot of us would. I believe many of us look at ourselves and we think, you know, if I could just have somebody who could change my life, and, and we have this sense of urgency to go after someone or something that can really bring change to us. That's why the shepherds, when they heard about this change agent coming, what they say? So let's go. Let's go take a look at this guy. Why? Because they thought he was going to be the embodiment of hope for them. 
They thought he was going to be the one who could, who could bring their nation into freedom. And I really believe there are some of us, and we need freedom. We need to look to somebody who's an embodiment of hope. And that's why today we celebrate Christmas, because of the birth of Jesus. you know what Jesus means, the name Jesus? Very simply, the name Jesus means Savior. And like the shepherds, you may be looking for a Savior who can rescue you from guilt, who can rescue you from addictions, who can rescue relationships that are marred. You're looking for a Savior who can bring light into your dark world. And yet what's interesting to me is whenever we have a solution that's presented to us, many of us will run away from the solution instead of running to it. And I think part of the reason why is because many of us just very simply put, man, we're afraid of change. You know, doing something different. Because we like, to, we like familiarity. Uh, in 1972, there was a man named Phil Knight who started Nike Shoe Company. And whenever I think of Nike, uh, one of the first things I think of is I think of the, the advertising for Nike. I'm, you know, I'm, we're just going to see how, if you all think the same way I do. What is the big slogan for Nike that we, we should be familiar with? What is it? Just do it, right? And so that's what I think of when I think of Nike. I think of the commercials. This was a while ago, but the first thing I think of is, y'all remember the Spike Lee commercials? Yeah, all of us mature people, we do. Uh, they, they had the Spike Lee commercials, of course, with Michael Jordan. You had Charles Barkley, um, Bo Jackson. That's all these things, all these advertising things. Now, what's interesting is back in the 19, I think it was the 1980s, Phil Knight had to say this. He said, I hate advertising. Now, isn't that interesting? Obviously, somewhere along the way, he had, a, he had to change a heart. And he began to advertise like crazy. Now, he didn't like it. He wanted to stay away from it. But eventually, he began to do it. And what happened? Well, Nike's now probably, their, their logo is probably one of the most easily identifiable logos in the world today. He made change. Now, some of us are afraid to make change. Some of us are afraid to shift our focus in life of looking for things just for us instead of looking after and looking towards the Savior. Because we're afraid if I go after God and I mean it, I could lose my freedom to do what I want. To live without any, you know, like rules and regulations. There's some of us who are afraid if we seek after God with all of our hearts, there are people who think that we're going to be strange, that, you know, we're a bunch of weirdos. But if we run after Him and take seriously Him, let me tell you something. He will change your world. He will make you a different person. He will provide you freedom and hope. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If we seek after God first, what does He provide for us? Assurance that Jesus is going to provide. He provides us with assurance that Jesus loves us and won't forget us. And whenever I'm given assurances like that, it makes it easier for me to live with assurance and confidence in this life. Now, if you seek after Jesus, and you go after God, there's going to be urgency within you to see Jesus. But also, I want you to see this. Whenever Another motivation we receive whenever we search for Jesus is whenever you really search for him and then you find him, you're going to have a desire to tell other people about him. 
to tell other people about Jesus. Now, I want you to look in verse 17. And we make this part really difficult. I just want to, I just want to share with you how the simplicity of wanting to tell other people who Jesus is. You see this with our, with our shepherds. It says, when they had seen him, it's the next part, the important part. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard them, or all who heard it, were amazed at what the shepherds had to say to them. You know, during Christmas, it's real easy to get sidetracked with a lot of different stuff we've got to do. I know a lot of you this morning, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed so many of you are here to church today. Because you, you had family coming in, you had gifts to open, you know, you have, you're trying to figure out what am I going to feed the family when we get home, how am I going to clean all this stuff up. And you get so sidetracked by all the stuff of Christmas that you forget why you were celebrating Christmas. And we forget that we were celebrating Christmas... Because it is a time in which God decided he was going to enter into our world. He decided he was going to live with man. And until we recognize those things, we are always going to be so busy that we end up losing sight of what this is all about. Now, now what has to change? Well, look and see what happened to the shepherds. If you look in verse number 17, everything became different for them in verse 17 at the very beginning. It says, and when they had seen him. Before anything in their lives changed, and before anything in our lives changed this Christmas, we've got to see Jesus. We've got to come into contact with Jesus, because if we don't come into contact with Jesus, and in, in, including today as we celebrate Christmas, let me tell you something. You're going to miss out on what this whole time is all about. And the reason why we want to focus on Jesus and come into contact with Him is because it's only Jesus who can change our hearts. It's only Him. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made His light shine where? In our hearts, to give us the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Without Jesus, without seeing Jesus, guys, we live in darkness. And when you live in darkness, it's not a whole lot of fun. You ever try to get around in the dark? You can't see, if you, especially if you're in a place that you're unfamiliar with, man, you bang into stuff. You end up stepping on things that hurt you. You know, ever so often, just I'm sure like you, the power will go out at our house. And if it goes out at night, man, it's, it, it, gets, it gets really dark. And so, you know, we were stumbling around. And you can't find anything. Now, I know that Emily, because Emily's always very prepared. This is one of the great things. I married a woman who is organized. Y'all, I'm sure this will be a shock to y'all. I just, I have no idea what's going on. You know, and I'm like, hey, we're just going to survive somehow. I'm one of those people that actually used to believe, oh, we can live on love. Now, I've been married long enough now to understand that you've got to prepare. But uh, anyway, so you know, it, gets, it gets really dark, and you're looking around. And I know if I can just make it to that closet downstairs, I can grab that flashlight. And when I get the flashlight and I turn it on, I can see. You know, I no longer bump into stuff. I'm not stepping on toys anymore. Now, whenever I find that flashlight and I have my family with me, do you all think that I hide that flashlight from the rest of my family? And say, hey, suckers, good luck. I hope you all can find your way around the house. I don't do that. What do I do with the flashlight? I shine it so everybody else can see. I want everybody else to be able to see where they're going. Well, that's what the shepherds in our text did. Once they saw Jesus, what did it say that they wanted to do? In verse 17, it said they spread the word. Good news is fun to share, isn't it? We like good news. Parents, you remember when your children were born? What's the first, one of the first things that you did when your kids were born? You told people, right? 
You got on the phone, you called your parents. Now, it didn't matter what time of day it was when you called your parents. I'm assuming for most of you, it didn't matter. It would be 2 o'clock in the morning, you're calling, but you're going to wake them up. Why? Because you're excited. Because you have good news to share with them. We have people all around us who need to hear good news. Some of you have friends who are living in darkness right now. And they're in the darkness of depression. They're in the darkness of sin. They're in the darkness of loneliness. What can we do? We need to shine the light on them. How do we shine the light on them? You tell them about the hope of Jesus. How do I tell them about the hope of Jesus? Tell them what God's done in your life. One thing that you can do is you can pray for them and ask that God would make their hearts sensitive to the things of God, that God would provide them with hope in their life. You can love them and care for them. See, when you come into contact with Jesus, your motivations change. You have an urgency to see Jesus. You have a desire to tell people about Him. And it's the last thing I want you to see as we close. Another motivation you receive when you search for Jesus is you will have a desire to be loyal to Jesus. And I think this one's really cool. You have a desire to be loyal to him. Now, I want you to look at the last verse I'll read, verse number 20. It says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The whole idea of Christmas and what took place on Christmas should create within us a desire to give praise to God like the shepherds did. Man, we ought to praise God for what God... Y'all think about it. God entered into our world on Christmas. Did he have to? No. Now, there was no reason for Jesus to come here. It's not like, that. It's not like we, you know, he didn't look down on people and say, Man, y'all did just so, so many great things. I'm coming here. In spite of who we are and how we have behaved and how we live our lives and how we are selfish... God came here. He came here as a baby. He came here to be with us when we didn't give him any reason to do so. He is loyal to us. There's no doubt. As you read through Scripture, you will see the loyalty that God has to you. That word loyalty, I looked, I was thinking, what exactly is loyalty? It means commitment and allegiance and dedication. A verse that uh, describes the loyalty of Jesus to me very well is in Romans 5.8. It says, God demonstrates his own love towards us in this. In that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. He's loyal to us. Man, because of that, our response should be, we want to be loyal to him. Probably the, the greatest, I, the most publicized athlete in, in my lifetime, anyways, has been Michael Jordan. And he was interviewed by a man named Bob Green. And Bob Green was talking to him, and he said, he was, he, he said I really found it interesting as I was interviewing him, how Jordan had a real craving for people to cheer for him. And uh, so he talked to him, he said, now one thing I noticed, he said, every game you have, he said, you always want your dad in the stands. And y'all might remember that. They don't want to show his dad in the times that he's playing basketball. He said, why is that? And he said, because when my dad's in the stands, he said, I know that I always have one true fan. See, Jordan understood the fickleness of fans. 
He understood that one minute people cheer for you, the next minute they're ready. You know, they're ready to run you out of town on a rail. But he knew that he had, when his dad was there, he said, I, I knew I had one guy that was there that was rooting for me through thick and thin. That I had one guy that I knew I could count on who's going to love me unconditionally. He said, that that man was my dad. You know what, we, we live in a very fickle world. And you're going to have people all through life that sometimes are going to like you and other times they're not going to like you. But let me share with you one person who will be a true fan for you always. It's Jesus. Jesus is always for us. Through thick and thin, through right and wrong, through joys and through failures, Jesus is rooting for us. And that should spark a flame within us. To be loyal to him. How can we be loyal to Jesus? Well, look at the shepherds. What do they do? It says, they went back to work, praising and glorifying God, and talking about what God had done for them. How can can we be loyal to Jesus? Guys, we need to go back to work. And when we're at work, we praise and glorify God. We praise and glorify God in the way that we treat other people. We love people and we care for them. We praise and glorify God when we see people who are in darkness and we shine the light of Jesus on them. And we pray for them and we invite them to the church so they can hear the good news of Jesus. You see, whenever we come into contact with Jesus, He changes us. Our motivations in life become different. We have an urgency to see Jesus, we have a desire to tell people about Jesus, and we have a desire to be loyal to Jesus. All right, now, in closing, here it is. Have you come into contact with Jesus? Shepherds, they're in a field. An angel showed up and said, today, in Bethlehem, the Savior has been born. It was their responsibility to go see him. What did they do? Verse 15. They said, let's go. You know what? There's a lot of us, we know the story. But it's time for some of us to move from knowing the story to saying, you know what? Let's go. Let's go see this Jesus. And some of you, it's time, to, it's time for you to go. Go see him. Let's just quit talking about him. We want to celebrate Christmas, get gifts under the tree. That's fun. Sing Christmas carols. Love them. But you know what? They don't mean anything until we have come into contact with Jesus.